Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. Just a quick intro for this one. We are having an interview with Connor McLeod. Connor McLeod is also known as Cannaman TV, and he produces cannabis content mainly with his comic book character that he created known as Cannaman. He can explain it better than I can, so we'll just move on with the interview and let him do all the talking. But it's a good interview. We speak about, obviously, his TV show, his movie that is made, the content he creates. But we also go off on many tangents talking about stuff to do with High on Homegrown, uh, conspiracy theories, and just a random conversation with a new friend of the show. So roll yourself a couple of fat ones, get super high, and enjoy this interview. And I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. Anyway, I am Mackie from the UK. We have Monkey Do. Monkey, you want to say hi? Hey, Connor. Monkey here in the Southeast US around the Gulf of Mexico. I um, hope you're doing well today, sir. Hey, nice one, man. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Beautiful weather here. Everybody else talking about how it's cold, and I can't understand that. <laughs> it's passionate in rain here, man, so you've got it. Yeah, well, what temperature are you looking at in Ireland right now? Hey, I'm in Scotland, man. Are you in Scotland? Oh. I thought you was in Ireland. Right. <laughs> no, I'm in Scotland, man. Um, fuck knows. It's uh, minus. No, no. It's uh, three degrees, yeah. but it's fucking pushing with rain, man. So. I'm sitting on about 21, right? 22 right now. Yeah. It's not so bad for Scotland, though. So you're not like really far north then. You're kind of in the middle. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm in Fife. Okay. Yeah, sweet. Are you like knee deep in snow at the moment? Nah, no. Nah, we had some snow a few days ago. But it was only like an inch. It wasn't too much. So it's not so bad. Thanks. It's just, I just fucking hate being cold, man. <laughs> I'll be honest. I like this weather. I, I want that to be like 10 feet of snow, pushing my rain. So everybody's stuck in the house. I love it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not so bad then. But when we went to Spanabis this year, mm-hmm. on the day we were going, it fucking snowed like a bastard here. <laughs> really? Yeah, but it was like... warm as heck over there in Barcelona that day, though, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, was, it was, was just crazy. Like? Like? Uh, uh, fucking warm. It was like 20 degrees or something. It, uh, it left the UK. I didn't know if it was going to be able to get to the airport on the day because there was so much snow, but got there and took off and, uh, you know, arrived in Spain with my coat on and shit, a, fl- a woolly hat, you know, and it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's like, I can see why people go from the UK down to Spain for their summer, uh, for their winter times, man. It's just, it was beautiful down there. It's summer weather. And then I had to go back to the UK and it was fucking freezing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, I'm looking up at you. You guys have got awesome imagery. Man. I've just got my fucking name. I should have put some up. Oh, hey, there's no pressure, man. Yeah, yeah, you got your logo or something. You can put your logo. But yeah, yeah, we're audio podcast anyway, isn't it? That's so... What are you saying? We, we, we're audio podcast anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Nobody all sees right, it. All right. Just all a right, few people are on the Patreon stream. That's all. Right, right, right. right. Oh, nice one. I mean, I can send you a logo if you want. The Canon one or something, just whatever. Yeah, what uh, you have to put it up on your side on the Zoom. All right, uh, that, yeah, well, that's yeah. not happening there, man. I'm super not tech savvy, like. <laughs> <laughs> I would explain how to do, it, but I don't even know myself. It's been a while since. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I was going to ask you that, man. I mean, like, what? How did you get to where you're at? Like, what? What was the instigating factor behind starting your your high and homegrown? 
Who? Uh, Boredom, uh, right? Who? Boredom? Uh, uh, who's doing a fucking interview in here, bro? What Sorry, the- man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on. We always say, Mackie, we always say it's just a conversation between friends, brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It was like the pandemic was upon us, and we have the forum, the Cannabis Forum, Percy'sGrowing.com as well. Right. And it's just like... Uh, it came to the time where it felt like a podcast was the natural evolution of what we're doing here. You know, we wanted to reach more people and uh, a good format for doing that is the doing a podcast. So yeah. we came up with the name high on homegrown. and just went from there and, you know, just developed over time. Thing is, this probably seems like a stupid question, but I mean, I thought about it earlier on. So, Percy's home, like a uh, grow room, Percy mm-hmm. means it's in personal. Is that what that's supposed that's to be? Right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Not many people get that, mate. I, I'm, I was surprised. <laughs> Excellent. I was because th- I was thinking about it earlier. I was watching some of the stuff, and I was like, Percy's grow room, man. And I was like, Percy, and I was just like, Percy, as in like my Percy. And I was, I was like, I have to ask. Yes. Well, Matthew, See, you finally found one person who knew exactly. So, who somebody understands. Only the first one, though. That's it, right there. Excellent. Five years in, bro, you're the first one. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you Del- for being on the level, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome. Hey, we like this guy. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, man. So, yeah, so you had a movie released recently, right? I did, yeah. Because, well, you haven't even introduced yourself. You want to let people know who you are and what you do and stuff? Uh, so my name is Conor McLeod. Essentially, I've got the Canaman TV um, animation series, comic book series and podcast um, stuff's on YouTube. But I've just moved the vast majority of the animations over to the website. Um, and I'm just putting up essentially a single paywall so you can get the movie and all the series. I think there's about 12 episodes of season one and two at the moment um, and all the couch skits. But again, the couch skits, <clears throat> they'll be getting shifted over as well. But uh, But yeah, so the movie. Was the origins of the of the comic book series? So the whole Canaman um, entity essentially is it came from um, organically. Excuse the pun. Uh, it came from a fucking comic book series, and I was like, well, you know, you always try and level up with the last thing you did, and it just kind of naturally evolved um, with a, a, a significant level of um, forethought. You know, because I'm aware of I've always mm-hmm. like cannabis has been part of my life since I was like 13. As most of us, the same case. Um, and so the whole time as I've been drawn in the background, I, I was watching the cannabis because I'm interacting with it. I'm you know active, so I was like, um, I just kind of and I knew where it's going. It's still not even nearly where it should be. Um, but there was like we all have seen, um, there was like a potential on the horizon where we can kind of capitalize in some way, shape, or form and contribute positively towards what's going on. Um, and I was like, well, you know, the entire cannabis world, man, fucking an animation. Come on, man. That's like, I mean, it's. It just seemed natural, you know. So, uh, mm. so yeah, it's fucking. That, that was over the past. I don't know, f- three years, four years, um, and then this year, from about December, October last year, um, I spent ten and a half or so months building the movie, and uh, that premiered at um, Adam Smith Theatre in in Kirkcaldy, um, which was just a peculiar experience and something that I'm <laughs> eagerly attempting to re- replicate, replicate again, you know. <laughs> So, you, like your cartoon, what's the theatre like? Like a, a small cinema? Is that what it is? Yeah, well, frustratingly, quite honestly, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, um, it fits 475 people, right? Wow. So, it was, it was, <laughs> and it was it just been refurbished, um, like oh, a three and a half year um, refurbishment, you know, millions, literally seven, eight million pounds into this building. And this was the first, um, this was like the first main screening. It was so weird, the timing. It was just Fuck all of it yeah, so hell. fucking bizarre. Yeah, um, man. And, you know, the movie itself is kind of, it's like, 
layered with um, synchronicity and um, you know metaphysical thinking and you know um, you know Taoism and philosophy and and you know alchemy and it's just layered with all of that because I'm uh, that's how I kind of view life. So um, it was mm. it was cool to have an origins film um, that was kind of centered around that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's up on the website for anybody that's interested. Like that's cool, man. And you mentioned synchronicity there, right? And uh... This is a reasonably new thing to me, and I heard it just a few days ago on the Art Bell podcast, you know, Coast to Coast, that right. podcast, but well, it wasn't even a podcast then, it was a radio talk show. And that's the first time I heard about synchronicity in, in my whole life. And now you've just mentioned it as well, and it makes me think, hmm, synchronicity. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. That's just, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that that's the case, because, you know, I mean, something good's happening, man. For you, mm. you're the one that's connected to synchronicity. So that means there's something that you're in a communication element with the universe in some way um, because you were the one that's highlighted that. I wasn't there. I didn't see the other side of it. So you managed to connect mm. both of them. So that means it's central to you. Um, but uh, but yeah, so yeah, it's, synchronicity is fascinating. You know, Carl Jung, all that kind of shit. Um, yeah. Essentially, he, he coined that term. Um, I took it from the Greeks and all that kind of thing, but it's, I, I prefer it. I prefer synchronicity than coincidence because synchronicity, you know, it's a connecting network. Mm -hmm. There's more to it. Yeah. It's more... more of a bigger coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, essentially, it's it's just, it's, mm -hmm. I don't know, I mean, we'll have a subjective interpretation of what life is, um, but it's, uh, yeah, the movie was just, it was kind of like a cathartic release of all my fucking half-hearted philosophies <laughs> on life, essentially. Yeah, so what was it, what got you started with it? You say it's three years old, and so it started around the pandemic time. Is that right, then? Well, I started, I mean, quite honestly, this, is, this entire thing started, um, when I was about ten years ago, mm. and I was doing kids books for my son, um, cool. and, I, and I was I was doing these wee like this wee running series. So he used to call me. He used to call me Fat Guy. So I created this wee series thing called Fat Guy and Zippy, where it was like um like a, a boy and his dog, and they're going wee adventures and stuff like that. And I and I started off by because I mean like any like any craft, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, you've got to kind of spend thousands of hours before you even get the opportunity to be good, you know. And that's what I think. This it's when I look back on the timeline of the journey that I'm on. Um, it's really interesting that essentially what I was interpreting as um just individual projects for my son, and it was all A4 sheets of paper. I would fucking fold it in half so it made a book, and I'd get the boy's mum's hair clip to fucking hold it in and together um you know and, and these things would take a month to make and they'd be like 12 pages long pencil and, and you know um colored in by hand all this kind of stuff and uh, that that went on for about a year of me making these books um you know like one a month and everything i'd read i would take a fucking i'd take a month to make the thing and i'd read it to him under three minutes you know and it would be literally yeah. a, a month to make you know so um <laughs> yeah that went on for about a year and then fucking i just uh, like, the next book happened and the next kids book and i just thought at the beginning I'm going to do kids books and then at the same time obviously i'm continuously consuming cannabis the whole time and um, watching the industry emerge because it's like um cbd's beginning to arrive and there's loads mm -hmm. of conversation around the medical value particularly towards children this is like 2010 some of like that um mm -hmm. and that we've been hearing that we've been hearing all this shit for the fucking 10 years prior to that as well but this was, it was really accelerating as a consequence of science you know the ability to fucking extraction all that kind of stuff um mm -hmm. so i just all it was all timing all that kind of stuff and and the 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 weird thing about the 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 pandemic was um the podcast so all of this was about two years 18 months i started this about 2017 this kind of the books about 2013 and then i started the Canaman thing about 2018 2017 when i was like i'll do a comic book series and then that's what the, the forethought was I'll, I'll do a comic book series i'll then make i'll animate them or at the time i thought somebody else will animate them 
Um, and uh, and I was like, we'll get them animated, and then I'll have um, I'll do podcasts at the same time once I'm getting into that place, because then I'll, I'll be active in the industry element in the cannabis world. So I'll then be able to market the animations to the same people that would be perfectly tailored for, essentially. Um, and I was like, I'll be able to meet all these fucking cool people. I mean, you're talking to like, fuck, I mean, you guys, man, you fucking use know you the list of people you've spoken to, man. That's a, mm-hmm. that's an insane opportunity in life. Yeah. You know, the diverse mm-hmm. backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got we got like the best Pokemon card collection. Yeah. <laughs> you have, man. You fucking have. I mean, that, that Pokemon, like, man. Like, what's it? it? Ethan Russo. You had him on recently. Yeah, Ethan Russo. Everybody. So many. It's crazy to think about it, mate. It's crazy to think about it. I'm sure you understand. You know, you're standing in a, in a theater, seeing your movie being played on big screen. You know, so it's you just while you're doing these things, you don't really appreciate it. You know, you, yeah. I mean, you appreciate. It, of course, you do. You don't realize it. But then when you look back, it's just times when you stop. Just to take, uh, turn around and have a look at the work that you've done and be like, mm-hmm. Jesus, I did that? Yeah, the number of what? people we got to speak to, unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, madness in the industry that have taken yeah. time to visit with us. That's crazy. You know, it's one of those, somebody would have told you five years ago, you'd be doing this. You'd be like, yeah. I'm yeah, sure they you're told in that us not to even try, man. That's what they would have told us. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. That's a good point. And, and what also shows you as well is where these are inside of five years you can't quantify potential. And the truth is that I genuinely believe no matter the craft, and this is your craft, um, like no matter the craft that we, we, that, that we, don't, even, we don't even select, it kind of chooses us. Um, I believe firmly that it takes five years to then begin because you need to tailor your craft after five. So after five years, it's like you have to do it for free for five years before you get the opportunity to do it properly. And I think it's mm. just the conditioning element. Um, and it's, it's insane because the potential you guys have got is fucking... It's insane, you know, so it's, it's really exciting to see. It's, it makes me question the nature of, the, it's an existential thing. It's these pockets of change, you know, we've, we've evolved um, biologically to our limit, you know, our, our cranium and all that kind of stuff. We're not going to, we're not doing any more. Um, so mm-hmm. it's our social evolution that we're going through now, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, an evolution of the mind. And, and it, you see it through podcasts and you see it through pockets of change. And podcasts, I mean, fuck, 10, 15 years at the, at the most, that's how long they've been around. And it's had a huge yeah. impact on, on human culture. Yeah, massive. Uh, there's still people out there that don't listen to podcasts as well, and it just seems strange. It's different to any other form of media where you can actually listen to something in depth, mm-hmm. you know, and have it more like on a conversation like this, you know, where you can essentially just be sitting there in the room with all these people listening to their conversation. It's just, yeah. it's crazy, man. I love podcasts. I do. There's so many out there, and there's so many different formats of it too. There's something for everybody. You just got to find out what you like and download it and try it because they're free as well. Yeah. You know what I'm free. saying? Yeah. Free. No, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what it makes me? It makes me wonder though. What's next? Like, what would what's going? What's the next stage of evolution for podcasts? How's it going to? What's it going to evolve? How's it going to? Well, how's it going to change? I, you know? I think the internet is about to change massively. Like we can't even comprehend why it's going to change because of this this uh, AGI which we have now, ChatGPT and things like that. There's so many of them now. I went to Quora the other day and I messaged Monkey about this because it was horrifying because we have a Mm -hmm. cannabis forum and Quora is a site which is just essentially a huge forum that just answers loads of questions about loads of different topics instead of just cannabis. The the answers ain't good over there, you know, so it's not like Mm -hmm. go over there instead of Percy's because if you want real good answers to the questions, then... And it's cannabis related. You go to persons. But anyway, over on Quora, which is a forum that relies on its users and its members to answer questions and, you know, create the content of the site. It had a chat GPT answer at the top. So I asked it a question 
can't remember what the question was, but instead of giving me the community answers, the top answer was a chat GPT generated response. And right. that's it, when people do Google searches, you know, search for how to make chocolate concrete and <laughs> it'll sh- sh- present uh, like 12 websites, you know, all linked to it. You try and decide which one you want to look at and mm. then you check out if it's any good, if it's got the recipe, all that's about to change, man, where, People are going to ask their AI software whatever question they have. They don't need to go looking at websites anymore. They don't need to go asking questions anymore. And I think as we move forward, podcasts and forums, community-based things like that, that can't be replicated by AI. That's what's going to be the, the main part of the internet. And, of course, sales sites. But the changes in AI is going to completely change the whole dynamic of things, I think. Mm. You know That's what I mean? What do you think? I, to be honest, when it comes to AI, I'm, I don't know almost nothing. Um, it's mm. kind of um, it's an intimidating thought of what can happen. It's, it's, it's Fuck, weird to, mate. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's going to be a good thing at the same time, but there's going to be that adjustment. I, I love this topic, so excuse me if I'm rambling. But there's going to be that adjustment period in between where lots of jobs get lost and few of them get made. Because AI can just, it, pretty much if you've got arms, you're going to be okay for a while, you know. <laughs> if your <laughs> job requires arms, then you'll be okay for a while. But, you know, creating website content, uh, videos, writers, it just, it, there's so many things that we don't even understand what we're taking yet. Yeah, but so I believe that AI is going to take. A lot of this change is going to be starting to accelerate now that AI is involved. Mm-hmm. You know, it took yeah. a long time for the real, for this first, uh, workable version of AI to come online. But I think AI now, you know, the old thing about AI building it itself kind of thing, I think mm-hmm. that's going to actually help the system grow now. I think AI will start designing other AI. That's a scary <laughs> thought, man. Yeah, that's really a scary thought. One of the things I find quite fascinating about it is, um, is it malevolent or or is it not? You know, is this benevolent thing? Because it's like inevitably uh-huh. this is all, we're in a, it's like our neural network is human beings. Uh, there's a really strange similarity in the in the the construction of it in comparison to the neural networks which are being the consequence of fucking ai essentially mm-hmm. um and it's and it's a weird thing because we're humans and we're creating this shit and and it's like a, like we're walking towards our own demise that's not intentional so what the fuck so i don't know it's you know i don't know it's how... not necessarily a demise it's just another stage of the evolution of our species maybe just because well... we are gonna probably move into uh, bodies that are not made out of meat you know it's going to be metal it's going to be kind of consciousness downloaded into some software or some shit yeah. like that that's what makes Maybe me think it's, it's the demise that's what makes me think mm-hmm. it's a demise just through the sheer fact that inevitably at some point you fast forward 500 or 1000 whatever period of time and set the number it's going to get to a point where it's just going to all be so it's one of the, the time, first time i thought of this was when you see the google car driving around and it's just mm-hmm. and it takes photos of everything and you get this like this digital landscape of the human fucking society essentially and there's a weird feeling in my mind where it's like you fast forward enough time and that's all there is then there's the the, the digital memory of human society mm. there's no longer yeah. any form of empirical new biological humanity of any form um you know it's just a it's a digital representation and that's all that's left for humanity and that's mm. I, that's surely that's surely the well, yeah i see your point there because immediately mackie talked about uh you know we're going to be downloaded into something metal i'm thinking like well wait a minute what's the advantage of that downloading my mind into one single thing maybe if you uploaded my mind into the internet and gave me the ability to connect to any device in the world where i could do anything i wanted to at any time 
that's a better way of doing it. AI would see that too. And I think that AI would push it that way. So you're basically looking yeah. at Skynet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of brings up it's like philosophical questions, really. That's mm-hmm. essentially what we're talking. Really, is that the the once it gets to that stage, like what is is like, is like I don't know. There's so much to 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 discuss in that context. You know, it's like do we still have human spirit if it's just a digital representation, and then the unlimited potential. I don't know. It's, I, I, I don't know enough about this. I'm fucking going to Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's all new, so we're all going to sit there and speculate yeah. as well. So we have no you know, idea. That's it, mate. Either, but that's the fun None part. of us know anything about but this. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> that's why it's fun to talk about it. You know? Yeah, where does cannabis consumption come into that format? You know, digital cannabis experience, cannabis VR? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's true. You know, uh, think about it in the Matrix. You know, uh, they weren't actually smoking cannabis in the Matrix. It, it would man. be there would be a simulated can- cannabis experience. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's it. But maybe the only way in the future, because I, I think that we live in a, a simulation. I, I, I like the whole simulation theory mm-hmm. that at some point in the future, we can just download ourselves into a game of some kind and uh, experience what life was like back in the early 2000s when AI first started to be made and when technology, when the internet first came along, you know, if I was like 500 years in the future. So you're talking holodeck technology almost. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking. Like Total Recall style. Yeah. <laughs> it's implanting yeah, yeah. memories and shit. Yeah. Really? Um, it's, it's just interesting, man. I, I like that whole, because well, there's no definitive answers yet. I've, I've always said the day that we actually crack the human psyche and, I, and actually are able to see into each other's thoughts, that's the day that humanity changes forever. Mm. You know, you will no longer be alone in your own mind. You will you will actually be able to share this information. Scary and, and uh, thrilling yeah. at the same time. Where there will be no more secrets. Exactly. They can no longer hide the flight list. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so random tangent. Fun. This is what we do. As we do. No, we not do. at all, not at all. Do you know what's funny, actually? It popped to mind just because we're talking about the internet, essentially. I was saying to my son this morning about the very first time that I ever remember being introduced to the internet and i was about 10 years old and i went oh, to my, it was my I, funnily enough it was my grand's house and they'd got a desktop in there so it's so funny because i remember the exact thought they've got a desktop and it was fucking aol i think so it's that crazy noisy staticky fucking noise and, uh, and I, yeah man now it's like what the fuck is this and i remember sitting there like when my grandma's trying to like my essentially it was like my dad was standing saying shit about it and, all that. and i remember just sitting there having this thought in my head like i don't really like maths i don't think i'll use this you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> man that's fucking stupid, man. <laughs> that was my first thought when I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just been an amazing invention that's completely changed the the dynamic of humanity. The internet has just been, and it was unpredicted as well. You know, you, when you watch your seventies TV shows, Star Trek, and all this, they come up with cool gadgets, and you know, they have good ideas of what the future would be like. But none of those movies predicted the internet, man. It's been absolutely game changing. Just the freedom of information that we have now. Yeah, it's incredible, that's a good man. Point. It's good shit, you know. And for us to, be able to just be all over the world talking to each other in real time like this, you know, and, and could be done from the device that sits in our pockets. It's mm. crazy. That is, it's really peculiar. I mean, it's this level of fucking technology is like I don't know. It's it's kind of just feels a bit cyclic, you know. This is like fucking the the makings of Egypt or some shit when they had that you know, other technologies that are being found nowadays you know it's i don't know this just kind of feels like it's like a 
I don't know, like five thousand window cycle of fucking technological advancement, societal fucking de- destruction, and then fucking moving forward. So, you, do you know much about Graham Hancock? Uh, just some stuff that essentially, right, you right. know, the Netflix or fucking um, Joe Rogan, essentially. But mm-hmm. Graham Hancock's awesome. Like he's fucking yeah, shit. That's what's so funny is I'm totally butchering all this shit. <laughs> he's the man to fucking talk to. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, well, we, we he's been on the show. We spoke to Graham Hancock. Oh, really? Was that recently? Uh, earlier in the year, right, monkey around February. That's time, fucking dynamite, man. So talk yeah, about man. that. How did that go? What was like, fucking hell? What was like, surely that I mean, fucking hell? How did that go, man? Yeah, it was a good conversation, man. We just spoke about uh, old stuff, you know. <laughs> as you do, it was, yeah, man. And it was just a nice, laid back, friendly conversation, as we do, you know, just chatting some shit with Graham Hancock. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, man. He's, he, he's sharp as can be, man. He he knows his mm-hmm. stuff. No, I mean that's what that's why he's so he's such a credible um, resource. Essentially, oh, yeah. I think one of the things that I find fascinating about interviews, and I think that's what I was meaning by like how did it go kind of thing, is like by every single conversation you have with these guys, it's kind of like you get a, a moment to kind of ask for their life wisdom to that point. And I think uh-huh. that's like Graham Hancock's an insane. His life is fucking hell, man. That's an insane life. Um, so mm-hmm. what was what was the was there any themes on like interpretations of like life or fucking where we're at and technology that kind of shit. But we got a bit spiritual with the, you know, taking ayahuasca and DMT kind of talk and the reason why drugs are illegal and mm-hmm. things things like that. And yeah, just, I don't we know. Went back in, we went into uh, ancient history and has his beliefs that, you know, there, there are yeah. lost civilizations, but there are probably, is how he puts it. He doesn't say there are. He said there are probably lost civilizations that we just simply haven't found yet that were so ancient that we don't even know about. And, and you know, after after he presents his point, yeah, it's highly possible that he's right. Mm. Yeah, so it's very it's lucky really to get him on the show, man. It was good. Yeah, it's really weird that he's he's been persecuted for these ideas because I can't really say that. You can't say can't it's ask impossible. Ask questions. You can't say it's ask impossible. Questions? Why not? It's against the rules, man. You damage well, people's uh, reputation. More, yeah, lends more fucking emphasis on his credibility if he's been attacked by his so-called peers. It's mm-hmm. probably because mm-hmm. he's onto something and it's, you know, if it's going against the norm, because I think that's one of the biggest threats, established hypotheses that never ever get fucking changed in any way, shape or form, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like to come in with new information or new perspectives based on evidence, it's kind of like fuck's sake, man, you know, um, but yeah, it's, he's definitely, he's, he's somebody that's, you could listen to him for hours. Mm-hmm. I've yeah, listened well, to all the Joe Rogan episodes of him and Randall Carlson as well. Randall Carlson. Yeah, that was a brilliant one. That, it, was his, it was Randall Carlson actually that introduced me to geometry. You know, that was cool. a fascinating conversation. Yeah, man. Uh, all, all good. You know, just it's like conspiracy theories, man. It, they're whether they're true or not, it doesn't really matter. It's just a nice story for us adults to kind of believe in. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I do find it intriguing about the, the pyramids. You know, being so old, we don't know how they were built. Even now, after all this time, we still don't know how they built fucking pyramids, man. There's no good ideas on how they transported all that heavy shit around. Oh. Uh, you know, the age of the Sphinx with the water erosion. It just, mm-hmm. it, it, the thing that makes the most sense is the whole Younger Dryas impact theory. That That's what makes the most sense, man. And it, it does. And it because allows... science has actually found that there is an event in historical, you know, record. You can look mm-hmm. back in land in the land and in the archaeology, and there is something that happened there. So why not the Younger Dryas thing? Yeah. So what's that theory? Uh, around 12,800 years ago, there was a comet 
that uh, in the Tory media show, I think it was, there's uh, pieces of a comet that came down and smashed into the the ice caps uh, up right. on the north side of things. And that, because they were hitting the ice caps, there were multiple impacts as well. Uh, like it was a broken up comet, so it hit in numerous places. And just increased the sea levels massively, caused uh, big tidal waves and tsunamis that wiped out a shitload of the civilization because we live near the coastlines of things, you know? So if the sea level rises too much, a majority of the cities now on Earth around coastlines will be wiped out, you know? And that's essentially what happened when the comet hit the ice. It uh, raised the sea level, got rid of a load of ice, killed off a shitload of uh, big animals, you know, like the saber-toothed tigers, mammoths, Mm. The, the mastodons, you know, these big animals. That, what, what, what's the proper name for them? I can't remember. I don't the know. No idea. Uh, the megafauna. Is that the, that's the thing? That's the, uh, the okay. name for them. But yeah, these big animals got wiped out uh, after that point. And uh, Graham Hancock has looked for it. I don't know whether he believes it. I'm sure he, he does believe he, they should at least be looking in the direction of there was some kind of advanced civilization before them. And then mm-hmm. Ionka Dryas happened and he essentially sent humanity back to the hunter-gathering stages. Right. And if you really want to get a little crazier into that there, you know, you're talking about the polar ice cap impact theory and all that good stuff like that. Ask, answer me the one question. Why is the U.S. government guarding the actual South Pole so damn intensely? It's a no-fly zone. You're, nothing no, is allowed to fly across the, the pole. There is a Nazi moon base there. Oh, I knew it was going to Oh, man. No, but I mean, once, once you start looking at some of these things and trying to tie them in a little bit with modern modern history and stuff like that, it gets really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find all this stuff fascinating, quite honestly, because I went down like a fucking rabbit hole for a long time, two or three years anyway, talking about this kind of thing. And, and you kind of lose touch, you know, you kind of fucking, and I feel that because it's like, I'm the same like that, the North Pole, Google fucking, it's totally blacked out. It's the same thing when the other day my son came in and he'd mentioned about 9-11, that you know, I remember all that shit. It's just I mean, loose change, probably one of the best documentaries on it. Yes. Um, you know, fucking loose change, phenomenal. In plain sight. Yeah, know, I love it's that shit. Um, you know, and it's, so it's really difficult to to not be like, come on, man. Like my opinions on on the world is that is that there's no main events that happen which that haven't been an orchestrated event. That's how I genuinely believe. I believe that that, that that's I, I don't. If there's money at play, it's people are fucking. Nobody's going to lose money. You know what I mean? And I just, I don't know. It's just that's. I genuinely believe that you got like Brzezinski, his grand, was it grand chessboard, his book, and then he was talking about um, the importance of Ukraine as a strategic fucking region. And then twenty years later, thirty years later, there's complete destabilization in that region. He's nowhere to be seen. So most likely, there's. It seems to be on the outside that there's like a fucking, you know, like, a you know, what I kind of see like yeah, I get, the, the Illuminati. <laughs> I don't know, man. Even so, I think that sometimes distracts people. So I think if you were to mm-hmm. see it just as natural human nature, if you look at a corporation such as Nike or something like that, they have regions all over the world, and they have a hierarchy inside of those regions, and and then they have a a, a pinnacle hierarchy above the regions. And I think this is what's what dilutes the whole the the sensation that it's not. Um, it's more local than we think because every single so if you've got regions of individuals who have influence and in a network of people that you know it's like we're all part of the same team whatever it is you know they might not have insight into what's happening in 10 years time but they might know what's going on in 18 months time whereas the higher up you go in the hierarchy you'll have people that know in 10 years time we're gonna we're gonna navigate towards this fucking mm-hmm, post mm-hmm. you know and i think that's what it's yeah, like yeah. that there's like a there's a categorical hierarchy and amongst these these 
collectives of people who are self-serving um, and we are completely way below the fucking food chain for these people. I mean, you see it with, what's his name, Sunak, and he made this, uh, there's a there's a video of him when he's a teenager, maybe 20 or something, like 19, and he's sitting with his dad, and he goes, yeah, I've got mm -hmm. friends that are aristocrats, and I've friends that are fine, I've got friends that are working class. Well, not working yeah. class. Well, well not fine. working class, you know? Yeah, <laughs> not exactly, degenerates. Exactly. <laughs> and this is so this is the mentality you know i think this is, that makes it much more simplistic and realistic for these kind of what people would kind of ordinarily illuminati and then immediately no credibility um whatever they fucking mm -hmm, call themselves mm -hmm. it could be the, the i think it's legitimate to say that there's hierarchies which are self-serving and it's fucking all the way to the top and you know i think that's what's going on globally mm -hmm. it seems that way because the wef you know all this shit going on with world economic forum right now as well just, it's it's uh, it's all it's all a bit dodgy, and the governments are in most of the countries in the Western world, at least as far as I know, uh, are pretty fucking corrupt, man. And we can mm. see it now. I think people are seeing it more and more, especially after the events over the last few years. You know, people are seeing more and more how much the government don't give a fuck about us. They yeah. just want to please their donors. It's fucked up shit. Even man. that though, even that, even go back two or three years, it's that event was unprecedented and mm -hmm. absolutely incomprehensible to think of when you look back. The entire world was told yeah. to stay in the house. Are you fucking kidding me? You know what I mean? But so it's You forget, I, I man. You, you, it's like I said, like earlier, you know, sometimes you just turn around, you look back and you, you just live in your life day by day and you forget that shit went on. You know, that yeah. we had to queue outside the supermarkets. <laughs> you know, we, we was not allowed to leave our house unless it, unless it was for um, uh, some kind of exercise for yeah. 15 minutes a day. Or an emergency, oh, yeah. God damn. It was, mm -hmm. it was crazy times, man. Shut down all the schools. You couldn't go and see your loved ones in hospital. Yeah, oh, man, it's, it but, was so fucked. It was so it's fucked. super fucked, man. Super fucked. And this is one of the things. If you go into the conditioning element, then um, you've got um, like Noam Chomsky's uh, media fucking machine, essentially what he talked about in the seventies. And we've got the hyper example of it now. With it, well, I suppose I had the same representation then. But for movies, I mean, how many movies could we could we if we spent a week like trying to fucking filter through the archival films that have been present in the past thirty or forty years? How many would we be able to find that has a, a really fine tuned fucking um, plot that's that that that's, it's mm -hmm. a conditioning thing so there's like just the litter this theme throughout all these fucking films and then people are more like responsive to these instances happening you know and unfortunately i'm including in that it's so shit because you've nothing like it was the one you know one of the things i noticed the most is the main like people that I had around me that were the main guys that were like new world order fuck them this isn't the thing but at the moment everybody got told to stay in the house he's like i've had my eighth booster and um, i'm getting one this morning i'll have one later on I'm like what the fuck happened man you know that's what i remember the most all these people just changed immediately it's strange times yeah, yeah. do you think that do you think they'll be coming back to try for round two you think it's well, coming that, back that's uh, this uh, white lung pneumonia coming out of China. You've seen that. <laughs> well, to be honest, this is so. I'm going. It's that. It's that cyclic thing. You know, it's like if you're around 1919, the pneumonia, the Spanish flu, or whatever the thing it was, and then a hundred mm -hmm. years later to the fucking nose, you're dealing with the same circumstance. Um, you know, that's just obviously the what we had, the variety we had, um, essentially what they told us anyway. Um, so what makes me think if we're going based on that timeline, that means that then there's still like fucking um a, a massive event such as a war or something coming. Because in that timeline, 1919, you fast forward 15 plus years, you know, you're looking at fucking World War Two. So this, you know, that that's that's what this is, it seems to be. You know, that there's like mm -hmm. fucking, I don't know. It just feels like that they could put it. And I think this is what I mean. It's, do you know what it's kind of like? It's like you said, it's like you're living life in retrospect. Um, 
I think we're all just trying to figure out what life is. And we've got this hyper complex society, which is in our field of vision. So we're, at the same time as we're trying to figure out what life is, we'll try to analyze the mechanics of human society. And then you've got selfish people who have self-serving interest and amongst that who are navigating it and fucking misinformation and redirection, that kind of shit. You know, it's a really, it's very difficult to figure out what is real, you know? Mm. Yeah, what really is real? How much yeah. of it is just, you know, as far as you know, we could all just be living in some version of the Truman Show. You know, <laughs> how do we really know? You know, somebody's need to change the channel if we are. Fuck's sake! Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just madness. It, the way things have changed over the last twenty years, man. Since the the since we've been able to have the internet in our pockets, you yeah. know, when the uh, when the social media started and all that stuff, man. The world just changed so much so quickly. Uh, it, like the 2008 recession, remember then? It, it mm. just times were just different back then, man. It wasn't even that long ago. So I mean, how 15 you, years ago. How do you see um, the evolution of cannabis in the next few years then? Because, I mean, that's like the past, I don't know, I, I started consuming heavily, I would say, when I was about 2004, something like that. And it was still like the endocannabinoid system had just been essentially like, this is what we're dealing with here, you know, back then. So it's like, now you fast forward to where we are now and what's your interpretations of how things are? And like, what do you think it's going to be? What's coming, do you think? Uh, legislation is inevitable, in my opinion. It's just going to take time because we have corruption in our governments. But it's inevitable. We just have to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. And eventually, maybe like 30 years down the line, there'll be a point where it doesn't have much stigma left, you know, mm-hmm. but it's going to take time to get there. It's it's a big change, isn't it? Yeah. It's a big societal if you, change. If, if you were to choose a model, what would be your preferred model? Cannabis needs to be treated like co- coffee and caffeine products. Right. That's it. Simple as that. You should be able to go into yeah. the supermarkets and buy it in different forms. It just like it is with alcohol, but you know, it's not I'd as like dangerous as alcohol. I'd like to see it treated like beer, you know, 21 mm-hmm. years old or to, to buy it or, or whatever age your community thinks you're supposed to be, that kind of stuff like that. Check yeah. your ID. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I ought to be able to buy it in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Even if I have to ask the lady from behind the counter to hand it to me, that'd be fine too. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right with it's, that. Something between the two and it's somewhere, somewhere between coffee uh, because it's not, I mean, it's not as dangerous as coffee, as caffeine, but caffeine doesn't hit you in the same way. You know what I mean? It, yeah. You can get really mashed from weed. So yeah, but caffeine can kill you. Weed can't. So mm-hmm. that's right. It's a difficult one, but it it definitely shouldn't be as restricted as it is. No, I don't no. think any bear anywhere has got it right right now. No. You know, you should be able to grow your own at home, sell it at the farmers market if you want to. Should, there shouldn't be any restriction on the amount of plants you have. No. But it should be treated like beer. You shouldn't be able to sell it to a kid mm-hmm. or give it yeah. to a kid. Mm-hmm. But you should be able to make your own and share it with friends. You know, that kind of stuff. No big deal. Yeah. No, I, I feel exactly the same. Um, it was actually funny the other day. I was thinking about that, how when I was doing the movie, um, same when I'm doing the animations and stuff like that, sometimes I try and just always throw in a joint as a, as a, like a normalization element where it's just kind of like like that's something to be recognized as like this is the culture, this is cannabis, that kind of stuff. And just when I was thinking in that line of thought the other day, I was thinking it will be a good day when that's not necessary. You know, when mm-hmm. it's the point where somebody's just smoking a joint and they're like, hey, look me, I'm getting stoned in front of you. Like, bro, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's so, and so normalized now that that is in the same sense of somebody just standing at a bus stop fucking swigging a bottle of vodka. You're like what? That's the wrong fucking place to be drinking this, man. 
You know, <laughs> um, that that once once it gets to there, then that's 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 where it needs to be. It's getting close that way in some places in the states. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've been I've been uh some places in Washington State that it was kind of like looked at like and and, and maybe Northern Oregon as well. But yeah. They've been legal the longest, then they? Washington was at the first place. Yeah, Washington and Colorado went legal at the same time, I believe. Um, so yeah, but yeah, up there it's just treated like you know it's no big deal. People people smell it, don't even turn around. Mm. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, what's it like way. in Scotland? What's the weed like? What's the what's the stigma like? The the culture? What's it like in Scotland? It's pretty relaxed, to be honest, man. I mean, it's um that locally, and when you're dealing with just people, rant like on uh, cannabis is not even seen as as bad as alcohol it's just criminalized so there's a stigma and a level of threat associated with it but it's an unjustified Mm -hmm. level of threat and stigma because it's it's like in the same breath of people being like oh he's just getting stoned all that kind of thing you know um like it's the the same people that will be like oh like the police you know the same thought even though it's just like they kind of like disregarded the it's like it's no big deal um, I mean, everybody knows that alcohol is fucking Scotland's issue. You know, alcohol and drugs mm. is Scotland's issue. If you throw cannabis through uh, as a means of um, getting them off of these substances, their life expectancy will go up. Their fucking life experience and quality will go up. Um, man, if you were to take away all substance use and put cannabis right in front of it, fucking hell, man, that's a that's a huge benefit to to the culture and society. Um, mm. But generally speaking, it's like cannabis is. So I was thinking about this the other day when I was like, is it just my own experience? Like, it's just that I think, because I'm com- I'm so comfortable with it that I'm thinking everybody else is comfortable with it. Yeah, um, yeah. Getting an echo know. chamber. It's easy to do, man. Yeah, yeah. there's that. And I was I was thinking, is this what's this? Because I was like, nah, man. Like, nobody gets fucking busted anymore. Nobody fucking this, this, and this. It's like, nah, I just, I don't run around with people anymore, essentially. Mm-hmm. So fuck, fuck might be mm-hmm. on the daily, you know? And I just don't know because it's like, I'm just focusing on fucking building what I'm doing. You know, yeah. so, um, but cannabis-wise, it's, it's like with... Like, I mean, fuck, every place I've ever worked in the past, that's fucking, I don't know what, five years, there's been at least a half dozen people that are regular smokers and they talk about it on the lunch break, you know? So it's it's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same as alcohol. It should be in the same category as alcohol, even though it's way more fucking beneficial for you. Um, yeah. You know, and like, like the, the harm is ridiculous um, in comparison. Mm-hmm. There is no, diff- there's, it's, it shouldn't be in the same category unless... You know, that's the only way we can get into the shop. Because I think yeah, that yeah. like having to like you need to pretend like I mean, it's great that people can get it medically, um, through clinics and stuff like that, um, in Scotland. But I think one of the things that I don't like about this is that it encourages people who don't have medical issues, they just enjoy consuming it, to go, I need a medical card so they can be safe. And it's like, nah, man, and that's that's mm-hmm. what bugs me. I was like, you shouldn't need to be criminalized because you enjoy cannabis, you know? And I think that's what so you're trying to hide a lot of the time. And I think just the the, the model that's emerging just doesn't feel very pertinent for what's what we've been waiting for, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wish there was a way we could speed that up a little bit, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, the, again, the conversation I was having the other day was it's, they pretend in Parliament that they're ignorant of the facts, you know, and then mm-hmm. they go through this, this. Um, it's like, a, what was it, Max Weber, a sociologist, it's like a bureaucratization. So there's like 70 different fucking um, um, groups of people that you have to go through, different compartments, departments and shit like that. And that in itself is constructed to, to make it that whatever legislation they don't want to go through, oh, it's just got locked, lost in the fucking framework. Whereas any legislation that the individuals who are at the fucking helm want to go through, it's dun 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 and it's done in a day. You know, it's just, it's, it's lost in the framework of fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's just too much corruption, man. Too yeah. much bureaucracy. It's bullshit. 
Yeah. I think the it, what what would speed it up is just getting rid of the government, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's get rid of them motherfuckers. We're gonna handle this, you know. Let's everybody vote really... and get rid of the government. Use the government to get rid of the government. It's like it's coming to the point where it's like, what really do they do apart from take our money and and squander it? <laughs> you know, it's it's fucked, man. It's fucked. But yeah, yeah, the, the whole government thing. Let's not even go there. Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to start a Mackie rant. So do you cover these kind of topics in your cartoons as well? Not, not just the movie, but the because you have shorter episodes as well, right? Yeah, that's right, man. I've, uh, it's couch skits, I call them. And I, I call them couch right. skits um, just because it started off with just kind of Anandoni on the couch, just sharing a joint and talking shit, essentially. Um, but there's an episode that I do kind of uh, almost well, specifically to this that's one that's uh, it's the one of the couch skits it's called just UK medical cannabis and that's just kind of highlighting the fucking the, the, the situation where if you were caught like if there was a street and there was somebody growing in their house and extracting um like cannabis oil to give to their friend medically they can go to jail with there's a clinic right next door doing the same thing and charging money for it they're fine you know and mm-hmm. that was the, that was the basis of the the animation to the show it's like you know Donnie's getting chased by the police because he was doing exactly that um but there's also so I've done another one as well called um cannabis versus has it cannabis yeah cannabis and epilepsy or cannabis versus epilepsy and uh, i just pretty much do it so that there's a wee boy um at the beginning it says um cannabis um epilepsy before cannabis and then um the 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 scene at the beginning uh, essentially the first 30 seconds or so is a wee boy without cannabis medicine and you know and he's and he's fitting and he's got the, his helmet on and he's fucking obviously getting fed his food and he's not sleeping and all that uh, the, all the negatives that are associated with people that don't get the correct medicine and then mm-hmm. the the second half of the episode is uh, epilepsy with cannabis, and he's sitting playing the computer, um, you know, and he's he didn't need to get that was the other main thing as well. He didn't need to get brain surgery. That was and mm-hmm. that so at the beginning the doctor was saying yeah, so we're gonna have to give you some brain surgery and neurologically fucking implant this thing, and then in the next uh, section of the episode, um, the couch gets on for about a minute and a half, maybe two minutes. Um, is him with cannabis. It's the it just I, I incorrectly because again, this is just it's just that learning thing where I wrote THC oil on the fucking bottle, and I shouldn't have wrote that because it's too specific and it doesn't represent the medicinal ba- benefits for all the other phytochemicals. Um, mm-hmm. But it was an I was just passing. I did it in three or four days, um, and it was just to show you by the very end. It's just the wee boy is you know he's fine because he's got medicine. And the other one I did that was kind of on point to the you know the benefits of cannabis. Not just like me just having it. like a lot of them is me. So this is funny, and I'll fucking write it down because it makes me laugh. Um, but um, but the other one that was kind of more sociologically aligned with cannabis as a benefit um, to society is uh, cannabis versus alcohol. And in that one, it's the same again. It's like a wee boy. And that's actually from my perspective, quite honestly, because I grew up with my mum's an alcoholic. Um, and and I, when I think back to what what it would have been if she was <laughs> if she was consuming cannabis instead of drinking, and it's a totally different world. Like it's insane, and so I was like, "That's fucking relevant." So I made that one, and essentially at the beginning, it's just you know, um, the mom's getting steaming. There's smoke coming on the house. The wee boy's lying in his bed. Tons of tunes on at night. Um, then you hear the fucking person being sick behind the door, all that kind of shit. Um, Damn, this is like really similar to my childhood, bro. Yeah, man, it's fucking grim, and then I just I ended it with, uh, <laughs> and I ended it with uh, the it's the wee boy's crying at the funeral. This was uh, this wasn't real. This part, but it was real in the animation because it happens to lots. Because um, my mom's still around at the moment. Um, and uh, she, he, the wee boy stand at the funeral, he's at her grave, and it's like, you know, um, here lies fucking whatever the mum, like mum or something, and just then uh, 56 years old, because that's young as fuck to pass, and that's that's frequent with uh, with alcoholics. And then on the other part of the episode, that was the beginning of the first part, and then it was cannabis, um, like, inst- like life with cannabis instead of alcohol. And then it's the mum 
not like instead of people coming to the door with bottles of wine, um, she, the wee boy's like, "Who's at the door, mummy?" And she's like, "Oh, it's just your tea, darling." And she's got like fish and chips. And then it's like, um, instead of him lying in his bed listening to fucking tunes at that time, she's reading him a bedtime story. And instead of him like when he's going to the bathroom door, going like, um, "Are you okay in there, mummy?" Instead of hearing sick, she comes out because she's been in the shower. She's like, "I'm just getting changed, darling," all that kind of stuff. Just mm-hmm. as really light. And instead of at the very end of that, instead of him first standing at her fucking her, her grave, essentially, he's an old, he's a he's a an adult, and he's his kids giving his granny a cuddle you know and it's it's that kind of shit and that's the that's the authentic response if cannabis was put in place instead of alcohol as the main recreational substance for the entire society like that's what you're dealing with there is no fucking annual death from cannabis consumption that's not a thing you know i mean it boosts your endocannabinoid system regardless to say that all cannabis consumption is medical is ambiguous and it's kind of it's a it's a really hot topic uh, talking point because what i interpret all medical all cannabis is medical is all cannabis interacts with the endocannabinoid system that happens whether or not it has a medical response is different because you it might interact with your endocannabinoid system and give some form of off balance from homeostasis as a consequence of your diet or your fucking lifestyle or the quantity you've consumed or whatever fucking numerous factors that are involved and i think unless you have you can only say cannabis is medical and when it's been like specifically tailored because of specific condition just in my opinion because i think to say oh cannabis medical yeah it is but it's also not you know what i mean it's like it interacts with your physiology 100 percent endocannabinoid system um but yeah yeah, that's just i mean again it's just my personal opinion um but um yeah i kind of i I agree with where you're coming from and it's because you hear people say you know if you come home from work smoke a joint to relax that's medical use and it's not yeah we're using it to relax you know it's like in the same way you could say people who come home from work and drink a beer to relax are using beer medicinally it's not the case (laughs) is it you know that's a good point you're just relaxing that that's all it is but if you're using cannabis when you come home from work to ease the back pain from working hard all day that's Mm. medicinal use of cannabis yeah you know that that's how I see it. You know, yeah, but at the same time, uh, I, could, I could go ahead and take like a double shot of whiskey to relieve that pain. Is that medicinal? Mm-hmm. And I'm just, yeah. come on, I, I would here. say that you could use whiskey medicinally. Okay, yes. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, have, we have to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. it. That's it. Yeah, quite right, man. Definitely. That's why it should be. I mean, again, that's alcohol doesn't kill anybody, but it should be on the same shelf in the shop. You know, that's where it should mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's the mind altering thing, isn't it? That, that's what it is. It's mm. when you get to the age of 18, it's not like there's a sudden switch that's turned on. Like now I can have all of these drugs and they won't kill me. You know, it's more like mm-hmm. you're old enough to make your own mistakes at that point, you know? So if you yeah. want to expand your consciousness, then you go ahead and do it. And I think it, that should be the same for all drugs. You know, it's the, the best thing which we can do for drugs in general, all of them, you know, you know, even the horribly addictive ones, is just properly educate people and make sure that people know the risks, you know, what mm-hmm. the consequences are, how to take them safely. You know, education is the key to solving the majority of these problems when it comes to drugs in society. Yeah. And the thing I is, I mean, so anyway. I- I think loads of people have probably said this, but Portugal is a great example. Everywhere around the world where they where they make drug use less criminalised and more of a health issue, society benefits. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. It's only like in the UK, and that's one of the things when it comes to cannabis, it really bugs me as well. It's like cannabis is regarded as illegal, but it's actually just one. It's just THC. THC is the only molecule that's banned, as far as I'm aware. I'm, mm-hmm. That's the only molecule that's on the psychoactive substances bill. You know, so um, unless it's unless there's more there, like, this was a couple of years ago. Uh, fucking look at yeah, that less than 0.2 percent thc is good right then yeah. right that, you walk around that's with not a seen as, of hemp. 
hemp flour <laughs> all day and no problem with that. Yeah. yeah. Got your hemp flour, go about it. But yeah, put a little it's THC in it and no good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But exactly. times are changing very slowly. You know, the, the society's perception of it is changing as well. And it's in TV more than it used to be. And, and not like in a shady way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like when you see um, some TV shows, they'll have people just smoking reefer. And, yeah. It's actually, you know, it's a, that's, a, that's a great point you say that, man, actually, because that's how I envision Kahneman. That's how I envision that, the Kahneman series. And the same line as Family Guy, Simpsons, American Dad, all the top ones. Because the moment you've got like a cannabis animation series, which is essential as the rest of them, fucking hell, that is... A, a huge one. I mean, there's tons of ways to win cannabis in society. It's legally, through legislation, through showing the medicinal, medicinal value. But if you infiltrate an entire culture which weren't even orientated towards cannabis in the first place, that is a huge psychological battle that's been taken. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's that, like that a lot of the time. Like, so that was one of the funny things at the premiere. Um, the last at the box office has said to me that everybody was coming up to get tickets could like like they could smell cannabis off them. I was like, shit, oh, this is quality because <laughs> it's a really fancy like venue. It, it was it just again, fucking, you know, like, you know. no shit, love. It's in the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no but the reason i was even saying that i mean that was the kind of side point the reason i was even saying that was because there was loads of people that i remember after it and there was some folk talking to me about the movie like a few days later a week later and they were saying to me like there was also folk there that you could tell don't ever smoke i mean there was some of the executives from the actual the the, the building that was there mm-hmm. watching it and the responses they were given it was like no they enjoyed the entertainment and, and i think one of the things that helps just massively is like it's like he's got a cannabis leaf in the middle of his fucking forehead man the entire film is centered around this dude that's just i mean it's kind of man you know so i just think that it's a really powerful thing and that's why my i mean it's an insane amount of work to make these things it's, it's mm. really frustrating how long man. is the movie the 55 minutes fucking hell man how yeah. long did that take you to make you're um, making each scene as well. You're like you're drawing all the pictures. You're yeah, doing man. all that work. Damn. Yeah, all by hand. So I've got a folder. So on the website, anybody that's wanting to see the film, you can get it on www.kanamantv.co.uk. Uh, but there's a behind the scenes thing on the website that I just uploaded yesterday or the day before. I think it was yesterday. And the behind the scenes things, nine audio diaries um, from the 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 twelve the seventeenth of December two thousand and twenty two. And then if the last audio diary is on the premiere morning. Um, and I just do a little five minute fucking like, hey, look, I can't remember what I fucking said, quite honestly. Um, but um, but it's just me chatting, saying, look, this is this is the morning. Here it goes, kind of thing. Um, and the behind the scenes thing, um, the twenty minutes. There's a so that's the nine audio diaries, and then there's a twenty minute long video on the behind the scenes, which is me recording from the very first. So I bought a folder specifically for the movie, and I was like, I bought all these little poly pockets, and you see this on the behind the scenes thing. And then I, I did like a, a a breakdown of what I needed the scene, like the scenes that were going to be, and when I needed them done by, with dates next to them. Um, and uh, so for each time I'd done a scene, finished a scene, which was usually between about 35 and 55 images, like essentially front and back on A4 sheets of paper. Um, that's all just like penciled over and then inked over and then I rub out the pencil. So it's just left on the, on the ink. And then I, I scan them over on the computer. And every single time that I finished a scene, I'd put it in the, in the folder. So then you slowly, and that's what's kind of cool. Actually, I watched it maybe three or four nights ago. Um, for the first time properly because I edited it and then I left it and then watched it two or three nights ago and it's kind of cool because you see that and it wasn't even intentional it was again bizarre man um, you know the folder at the beginning when it's empty as fuck and then the very last thing in the folder um, on the last scene is the folder completely packed with like 500 fucking sheets of paper and it's also got like a newspaper because it was in the newspaper as well and it's got the, the theatre ticket and it's got the, the poster that I put around and it's just so peculiar to see this thing because again it's that thing where it's like you're too close to it you don't feel it and in a few years I think that's why mm-hmm. there's all those old Old men and that, that are in their seventies telling everybody about their life experience because when they were doing it, they were too close to it, so I had to wait until yeah. they were old and they're telling everybody. You know, mm. it's madness, isn't it, man? 
so how does it feel to get it all out of the way? It must be relieving because people, when they have these long projects that they work on for a while and then it ends, you know, they feel a little bit empty. How was it when you actually finished it? Was it a good feeling, bad feeling? How was it? That's actually a great insight, quite honestly. Good question, man, because that was one of the things that I felt like. Um, so, like the movie essentially was a, a was a, a scaled up version of the episodes, and that's how I kind of seen it. And I was like, and I'd, I've done that kind of this kind of um, layering method for each thing I've done. When the very first book, yeah. the, the case yeah. of cannabis book, I yeah, did. like South Park, isn't it? You know, bigger, longer, and uncut. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that shit? <laughs> it's, it's funny because I was going to do an advert. So the advert, the trailer I did for the movie was kind of a serious, kind of tense, and that. And I was going to do one that was kind of I was going to say something like, you know, like eleven percent new material or some shit like that. But no, I never got into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like about ten and a half months, and and so so each episode takes about six weeks, and um and that's for like an eight minute episode. Um, you know, so I uh, I was thinking, well, to do the movie, I'm gonna have to do like ten scenes, and it ended up breaking down to fucking nine, and I was like, so I'm gonna have to just do this whole fucking thing, and it was just uh, it was just intense as fuck. Um, so with that in mind, the reason I'm saying that is that when I did the when I do the episodes, and the episodes are micro representation of what the movie is, and every time I do an episode, I feel that low feeling that you just mentioned, that that mm-hmm. dopamine fucking drop. You've just you've you've built yourself up neuro like neurochemically. You've been building yourself for four fucking five weeks, man, and then you get to this peak where you now release it. And then it just peaks, and then it just slowly drops over the next forty hours. And then after, mm-hmm. but one of the things I've noticed to hack into that to make sure you don't get the drop is the fucking moment you finish that craft and you finish that project and you upload it. The moment you fucking start again, you do another mm-hmm. one there and then. You pick up a bit of paper, do one picture, and that's what's so weird about it. One half fucking picture drawn is enough to make the neurochemical the, the neurochemical fucking homeostasis be comfortable again. There is no drop in dopamine. And one of the things I think quite interesting about this is that there was a study, um, there was a, a, a essentially a psychiatrist in, a, in Italy, and she was sitting in this restaurant, and she, she noticed that the guys, that the, the waiters that were coming over to the tables, she, um, they could remember um, every single fucking item on the on the, on the the whatever the people were asking for, essentially, their order, they could remember them. So the, the psychologist, women psychiatrist, was like, right, what's at that table? What's at that table? What's at that one? And they were like, they need this, this, and this, blah, 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 blah. But the moment that people fucked off and left, she, if she asked them who was at that table and what did they have, they can't remember. And what that mm-hmm. does is that there's kind of like a, a feedback loop that if you have a task to do, your brain remembers it and it stays in kind of flow state, essentially. The moment the task is finished, your brain switches off and the flow state declines um, and you go into that state of what describing like a, a low dopamine serotonin basis. Um, so to hack into that, you just, just start again, just fucking half a picture, you know, or if you're a songwriter, write fucking, I don't know, two or three stanzas or something, I don't know. Um, but just kick back into gear and you don't need to go straight back into the fucking into the zone, you know, you could take a couple of days off, but by just ensuring that you've got something started, it keeps you in that flow place, you know, and it's it's a really mm-hmm. it's a really handy thing that I kind of picked up is you know so that's what I thought I was like well fuck it that after once I got to closer to the end I was like this is going to feel a bit rough and then the movie premiered I had to go to work the next day which was shit um you know that was like fucking still on a total high so for the next two days I was still kind of buzzy <laughs> and then by day three I just felt kind of fucking low and by day four I was like kind of I was like, oh fuck this is passion and, you know and then I just got started again doing the next episode which should be up on the channel uh, up on the website in about two weeks maybe 10 days um that's two like, weeks <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so, sorry it's a random thing we do man and I'm always so unprofessional uh, because we have the guest on and you don't know what the fuck we do but whenever anybody says two weeks we oh, are really? you remember Ar- Arnie from total recall when he's dressed up as the woman it's like how long are you staying in Mars? It's like two weeks. 
two weeks <laughs> so anytime anybody says two weeks we always go two weeks i'm yeah. fucking delighted i could contribute towards that that's dynamite yeah. it happens every episode you wouldn't be surprised how often the words two weeks oh really in a fucking at least once every an episode, episode yeah. man it's fucking least. crazy that's fucking weird man i would have thought it would never come up almost yeah <laughs> all well, the time when grow, man when you grow cannabis that's it's a pretty common oh, number oh, that, yeah. yeah well there we go that's you just smashed it man yeah 100 percent Fuck, it's crazy. It's good. You know, it's, it's one of those things. The listeners of the show, if you ever need to know if somebody <laughs> listens to the show, just be like, yo, two weeks. <laughs> and if they go, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> and you'll know and who to You know, weed. those yeah. who know, know. They have weed, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. The interviews, the episode's got to be out in two weeks. Nice. Man. Oh, no, no, not at all, man. That's all good. That was fucking, that was, I'm glad you did. That was quality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be two weeks' time. This one's, again, this is good. I'm working. It's fucking taking ages, man. So this has been about seven, eight weeks. I essentially started this when the, the premiere finished. On the probably the, finished on the twelfth, but I probably started on the maybe the fifteenth or some of that of October, and that when we were fucking almost at that in December, so it's been two months. This has been fucking taken, um, but I should hopefully all go to plan have it up by Christmas, um, on the website, um, that'll be episode five of season two, um, of the series. But what I'm doing is I'm putting all the series episode trailers on YouTube, so they'll be they'll be on YouTube, and then you can buy the the entire like all the fucking episodes of the series. You can get the movie as well, all the behind the scenes audio stuff. Um, for a sense of like 10 in a month but if you want to just watch the movie or all the shit buy it watch all the shit after a day and then just cancel it it's all good you know it's just fucking as long as the stuff's getting seen is the main thing really yeah man it's cool so what's the process to, to making an episode like you'd uh make your storyboard and then draw all the pictures how does it go from like, coming up with the idea to getting it onto your networks that's almost exactly like that man that's um the, the storyboard is probably my most fun time um, i mean i enjoy every it's part the easiest it. yeah. <laughs> yeah more it's more it's more of the most playful so when you're in that mm. and, and and interestingly i think um i was uh i was speaking to simpa last week and uh it just dawned on me when we we're having the conversation that the essence of the entire animation series because i'm doing a graphic novel about a care home that will be ready in january all of this shit all the books that's just play with like a capital p in psychology it's just i'm literally exercising the play function which is so mm. weird when i think about it in that sense because you see it as like a craft or a, or a fucking a skill set or this this and this but all of these things are just play mechanisms that's what this is i mean this is i mean fuck your podcasts are play mechanism come over to my fucking treehouse and we'll sit and talk about fucking warriors and shit you know that's what that's mm-hmm. what this is man you know it's cool as fuck um but yeah it's essentially the 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 storyboard i have like an idea first um and then i'll just kind of like go for the storyboard i'll, I'll just take little I'll be extremely loose fucking sketches the storyboard is it's Again, that's the reason why I was saying it's playful is because I can kind of move it around, essentially. The moment I've done the storyboard and then I begin drawing, there's not really very much flexibility. Um, there is give or take in between scenes, but the, the core of the story is kind of established at the storyboard, um, mm. as it kind of fucking says in the title. Um, but uh, but yeah, so storyboard and I do the pictures, um, draw it all by hand, pencil um, and, and pen, and then I scan it over to the computer and then I colour it in GIMP. And, uh, and then I kind of like complete it all in Blender. It's all free software. Um, and then I put like, I get the soundtrack from Epidemic Sound um, and just kind of like um, add it all together and it's really cool because it's it's like you see it it's like I was thinking about this the other day I was like sh- sh- like like telling people about the process you know 
And then like, mm-hmm. like, oh, what if other people copy us? Like, oh, that'd be fucking awesome. Like mm-hmm. more people copying this shit. And I was like, but what's so cool about this? I was like, it's like I was thinking about it in the context of like a recipe. You, we all get the recipe for like Snickers and Mars bar and anything else that, and on the back of the fucking thing. But none of us could make one of these like the same. <laughs> like the you know I mean, mm-hmm. so it's 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 really unique to the person. It's like yeah. I genuinely believe that I've got a book called The Productive Path. Um, again, all these all these books and shit like that. That's on the website. Um, but the Productive Path book is all about. Um, all of our unique fingerprint that we're here to leave on planet earth like every single one of us has a unique fingerprint like literally and and metaphorically and um like metaphorically the unique fingerprint is what we're here to leave for others what what is what's the craft what's your intention what was your contribution to the human society whilst the time you were here and one of the things i find most peculiar about a lot of this that like the journey that i've been lucky enough to find myself on is that you don't really choose what your you what your uh what what it is you're here to contribute you know, nobody chooses what their fingerprint looks like. You know, it's it's already there. It's about trying to find it. And there's a cool thing about like all of us finding who we are inside this. The, the, it's just right there. We just need to get away from the rough edges. Rough edges is like there's Leonardo um, da Vinci when he was making the Statue of David. I think it was him. The Michelangelo fucking, made David. Michelangelo. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, Michelangelo, brilliant. Thank you. Um, when he was making that, he would show up at the big fucking bit of stone and then walk away. And he would show up and then walk away. And he did this for a few weeks. And there was a, there was people nearby. And one of the guys nearby said to him, mate, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're just showing up. And he's like, I'm working. No, he says, I'm working. And then so by the time he'd finished the, the statue, um, people asked him, like, how did you come up with this? And, and he was like, I didn't come up with this. He says, it was already in there. I had just I just had to get rid of all the rough edges. And yeah, that yeah. getting that, that getting rid of the rough edges. He, as he just allowed the the stone to reveal itself, man. It, yeah, it, exactly. And that's that's true. That's the, what's so cool about this is that uh, the the essence of the Kahneman movie is all about essentially about alchemy and that whole as is above, so is below principle. And what you see represented in the micro is represented in the macro. And this is on science as well. You see it, the way that molecules and atoms interact, and you see uh, similar pattern shapes and how universes interact. You know, it's it's kind of. It's, it's really peculiar. Um, and I do believe that that's what's going on when he's doing that kind of thing. When you've got Leonardo fucking, um, the, the, the painter guy, when he did all the cathedrals and shit. These people are... Yeah, that's like, Michelangelo as well, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? I'm he, shy at these things, man. Everybody yeah. knows who we're talking about. <laughs> it's like Homer Simpson. With the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. But these guys, it's that they're engaged in some weird magical fucking thing where it's kind of like it's just it's insane. And I think the the craft, the th- the way that they express themselves doesn't matter if it's art or music or whatever it is, engineering, science. You choose it, choose the craft. It kind of represents itself on a weird geometric repetition. That I think is kind of connected in some way um, to everything else. And I think that geometric repetition is kind of almost structured, just that we would regard it as discipline. But if you were to watch it in long form, instead of like subjectively just doing the thing, if you were to watch it, then you're looking at a, what a geometric pattern would look like if it was a fucking human. You know, it just, it sounds silly and it sounds ridiculous, but I'm sure like when you're in, it's when you're doing this kind of shit, it seems, you know, it just seems exactly like that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you're just engaged in something that's, you're, you're kind of like, you're like renting the space, you know, you're like a fucking vessel for this thing that kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, that, that's uh, there's a lot of research, well, well, there's at least a lot of talking about it goes into that kind of thing of like, where do ideas come from? Yeah, you know, we all have to get into the right zone to receive this idea from out of the ether, essentially. Yeah. It's just in the air around us. You get to the right frame of mind where you're able to access these ideas and implement them into something. You know, mm. all, all of the ideas that ever have been had were created inside somebody's fucking brain. You know, and it's just all manifests itself into the physical world. It, it's mm. it's amazing, man. And when you speak of statues as well, there's one statue in specific called uh, the Veiled 
Bride, I think it's called. Oh, I've and seen that one. It, and it's uh, the Veiled Maiden, maybe. If you do a Google oh, yeah. search for it, you'll see it. And it's just, it's, it's like a piece of stone. Oh, but it that, looks yeah. like a lady's face with a veil over it. It's just carved so thin that the veil is yeah. see-through. No, it, it just looks like there's mm-hmm. a veil there because it's carved in a specific way. And it's fucking incredible how, how the human species is able to do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we are no, an amazing species, I, I, man. I agree completely, man. And it actually takes us back to the um, talk on AI. It's like the AI artwork and stuff like that that's mm-hmm. been produced. Because I do believe that like you mentioned like extracting information from the ether. I kind of see it that way. That it's kind of in the same sense that we can, none of us can see the Wi-Fi and yet we're all fucking benefiting from it. Um, mm-hmm. But what, what do we need to access it? We need a user interface. And I believe that the, the Wi-Fi of, of the ether of ideas is, is represented through us. We're the user interface. You know, we're the biological user interface that's able to fucking that transmit this shit. Um, and we've just kind of it seemed to be in some form leveled up and we've made it a screen and then we can extract this other shit and it's just it seems the same thing um but yeah it's just it's 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 really fascinating but the, with the ai art um i, I don't know i just kind of i don't it's just because obviously i do artwork myself yeah it's just yeah feels, how do you feel about it yeah. it feels soulless man i mean it feels i, I mm, do believe mm-hmm. it kind of feels like it's um when you're looking at it it's in the same sense as if you've seen somebody who's got plastic surgery you know you look over and you go hmm you can tell there's something not natural there you know, so yeah. you maybe maybe put your hand on like exactly what the thing is, but you're like, I don't know, there's something unnatural present, um, and that's what I see when I look at AI art. It's got this same weird texture. It looks like almost. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I'm, I'm no big fan. Quite honestly, I, I see it as it's uh, it's funny actually. There's somebody on Instagram put the other day, and it was um, Killian Murphy. Uh, like fucking rolling his eyes to, and looking at the side, bored as fuck, like whatever. And the thing that preceded mm-hmm. it was um, when people say that they use AI art, but they call themselves an artist. And then him going, oh, <laughs> fuck off, mate. You know, and that's kind of how I feel. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I'm an artist. It's like, mm, you know, I don't know. Are you? You know? I don't know. Yeah. yeah I know what you're talking about. Some of these NFTs that people are selling there that are, you know, basically mostly created by AI and maybe touched up by hand. I can't understand that stuff. Yeah. Uh, what, what's collectible about that? Come on. Uh, the, the, what's collectible is the money laundering behind it. That's the... True. <laughs> I've always said that NFTs are a good way to launder money. You buy mm-hmm. it yourself, and then you then you decide it's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Do you know the guy that said uh, that used to do the the co-host the Mike Tyson podcast? I can't remember his name. Um, no, I know there was a guy who used to do it, yeah, but I don't know what his name was. I can't yeah, remember his name, but Mike he's, Tyson's it, on it. <laughs> he exactly, but he he walks through the fucking forest or something like that, on one of these things, and he says he says this thing that kind of stuck with me. He went, um, I think there's going to come a point where in society where more and more people just become either more like naturalistic and stay away and and steer away from AI and stuff, and then you have the entire other society which is in completely engulfed in it. And that's what it kind of feels like sometimes when you think about how the what's the future going to look like, because there's... But it's inevitable in situations like that. It's inevitable that the people who are not associated with AI are going to be left behind and be uh, be living a completely different lifestyle. It's like uh, with people who don't use the internet. You know, mm-hmm. there was people at the start when the internet first came out. Like, I'm not using the internet. I'm, I'm not up for this technology. They're watching us wherever we go. I'm not getting an email address. It won't yeah, last. And, and no, that's it. And look at it now. Everybody uses the internet. And if you don't, you're at a massive disadvantage to everybody else. And it's going to be the same kind of thing with AI. You know, is AI is right now, it's a tool that we can use to improve the tasks that we do, you know, improve it, make our jobs easier on us by doing little tasks 
back, uh, you know, can easily be done by AI. But that's for now. I think eventually it's going to be a, it's going to be fucking crazy the things that yeah. AI can do, man. You just no, have to wait. Like Neuralink's a great example. Neuralink is frightening, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, the potential is, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't you just know. gotta, you just gotta roll with it, man. You just gotta, you know, just enjoy the fucking ride, innit? it? Because it's all a simulation at the end of the day. <laughs> One day the simulation will be over, and you'll be like, "Fucking hell, yeah, GTA twenty twenty fucking two is epic," you know. <laughs> thing is though, genuinely though, it's like obviously rolling with it and all that kind of thing. On on the daily, that's what it's like anyway, man. It's like there's that thing where I think Robert Green, he's one of my my favorite authors, and he says this thing where he's like, um, well, it was one of his books, and he talks about there was this ancient fucking Sumerian, um, I think it was like it was like a piece of writing of of some form, and um, what they had written on it was um, this is the the young generation of nowadays is fucking, uh, like they're they're unruly and they'll never learn their traditions and all the same rhetoric mm-hmm. that we now mm-hmm. still go through now. So what shows yeah. me then that nothing's ever changed, which means we're going to survive this. We're going to get through it. It's always going to be better. And not only that, we're actually in the best fucking time ever to be a human. Yeah. Like ever, like Jesus, you could sit in the house and just watch shit and chill, and you get food dropped to your door. Like the list mm. goes on and on. You get your fucking like. It's like my son earlier, he was showing me this thing on that uh, on what's his name, Mr. Beast, and he's like he got uh, like a hundred wells or something and, and fucking yeah, yeah. something like that. And I literally a hundred wells in Africa. Yeah, he's a good guy, Mr. Beast. That's that's yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it was fucking right, man, definitely. And that's what was funny though. So I looked over and said to my son, I was like, We've got a sense we've essentially got a fucking well in our kitchen. That's essentially mm-hmm. what's going on. We've got a, we've domesticated a fucking well. That's how well off we are. Excuse the pun. Um Oh, and interestingly, actually, because when my son turned around and said that he was uh, Mr. Beast was highly criticized, apparently, he's like, people didn't oh, like yeah. him for, for, for white supremacism. What was it for? Yeah, white supremacism, they were saying. That, that was the reason they criticized him. Yeah. It, 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 there's, and the thing is, they say uh, people criticize them, but it's going to be two or three fucking absolute idiots. Mm. And then they go and report on these people as if their opinions matter. Yeah. No, it's like these, these people's opinion don't fucking matter. But you're going to click on that. You know, look how we're talking yeah. about it. We've both heard about this story because those stories get around. People click on it. It's, it's bullshit. It, it's like, fuck that shit, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> It's all bullshit. You can't trust it. It's like you remember, like two months ago, when they were talking about aliens. Like, yeah, aliens are real. We have the evidence. You know, I'm a whistleblower, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Because we're all sick of seeing clickbait titles, man. Yeah, yeah. Everything's bullshit now. It's like it could be the real, a real thing, and you're like, yeah, whatever. It's probably bullshit. You just That's keep desensitizing, <laughs> Mackie. They keep giving you false reports, and then when it actually happens, mm-hmm. you don't even care. You got to go specific places for your news, man. You can't. It's just, like, yeah, uh, oh, the aliens have landed. Oh, I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Whatever, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Again, okay. more clickbait shit. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I'm so fucking out of touch, man. Right, I don't even have like a, a source for news anymore. And like even TVs, I watch DVDs, man. I'll go through the same fucking process <laughs> in the Office and the Simpsons like every two weeks, man. And it's because I spend nice. so much time. At, I feel like See how you said two weeks again there, bro. Oh, fuck it. Hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll see it again before I go. Guaranteed. <laughs> That's quality. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm totally fucking at the game for all that kind of shit, man. I feel totally self-absorbed, you know, just focused on the animation shit and doing the movie mm-hmm. was so intensive. Um, like, yeah, a lot of the stuff, even, like the aliens, funny thing, the aliens, man, like I, th- I think I switched off after the, the, the Disclosure Project 2001. 
Like, you know, when they, when they had the, the like 120 or something like that military personnel who all had like recorded, documented evidence of their own personal experience of alien interaction. And and it was like, I think it was within two years, it was within the week of September 11th, you know, the, the big event happened. Right. Um, so it's like, uh, that that year when that happened and like they got like everybody on stage like 150 of these guys that and that the main thing was because obviously society respects these people we, they don't get mm-hmm. put in these high positions without that and these are the guys going here by the way i there was an alien his name is steve beat me at pool you know <laughs> it's that kind of shit so it's like, <laughs> steve. you know good old steve man um, but yeah, probed me <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry did i interrupt the conversation by saying probed Probed. No, you no, killed it right there. That's one word. No, killed it. Killed it. Probed me. <laughs> okay, everybody, shut up now. Probed. He had really long fingers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know yeah. if you knew about the Project Twenty One or what, uh, two thousand one kind of thing. Yeah, but that was no, I haven't heard of that one. No, I didn't, I yeah, didn't know that about was that. Uh, Doctor Stephen Greer. Um, he started all that shit. And um, that was him. Right. His first real introduction, I think, as far as I'm aware. Anyway, I was like eleven See, at the time. So you must well, let's go back to that 9-11 thing first, because the 9-11 conspiracy theory was 9-11 inside drop and all that loose change in plain sight. The zeitgeist was it? Was that the movie? Remember that movie zeitgeist back in the day? No, oh, that was about the banking yeah. cartels and stuff. Yeah, the, the banking 9-11 and something else. But yeah, I was well into that shit. And I convinced everybody where I worked that 9-11 was an inside job, man. Convinced everybody. The towers were, it was a controlled demolition, blah, 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 blah. And then I started to do some research and eventually came to the conclusion of no, I was wrong. It was not an inside job. It was uh, it was a terrorist attack, and it, it went down as they say it did. You know, pretty much. And yeah. and then yeah, I convinced everybody at work again that I was wrong. It was quite entertaining. It was like, what are you talking about? You convinced us all of this. I guess I'll be honest. <laughs> so like, I don't even believe like when I say about nine eleven stuff like that. Like I'll be, I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't mm-hmm. believe like uh, that it was like when I say when they say it's an inside job. I don't believe that for a second because then you, you what pops to mind is like local staff that are just nine to five folk. Nah, man, I don't really believe that they built for that. The, what mm-hmm. I'm looking at, my main my main impression of the entire fucking event is just based on the fact that the guy that owned the place. Silverstein took out like yep. a huge fucking insurance mm-hmm. within the week before. That's enough for me yep. to be like, nah, man, if you owned a pub and you did that and then your pub burned in, you'd be the first guy to be asking what the fuck happened. You know? And the so thing like- is, uh, same, same for you. Larry Silverstein did it for me because now I'm kind of like on the fence that it was probably it was something dodgy definitely happened because building seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, building seven. Oh. And I saw Larry Silverstein release a video and he was explaining about building seven. It's like, it's been on fire for so long. We've already lost so much life. We decided to pull it. And then there's arguments. of like, what does it mean by pull it in demolition terms? Pull it means to demolish the building. But they're also saying it means that he just told all of the firefighters to get out and let the building burn. And it's like, either way, if it was, if he said pull it and it was a controlled demolition, it would have taken time to get all the shit in there to demolish the building in the first place. It's happened on the same day. Yeah. And then, you know, you let all the firefighters come out, fine. You know, it's a steel structure building. It's pretty fortified, but it's just got to collapse. It makes no fucking sense. Building seven makes no fucking sense, man. The rest, they can kind of wing it and try and come up with a decent story, but building seven is too fucked. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty certain on BBC they had a fucking um, 
a moment when the woman was like, oh yeah, and Bowden Seven's just fallen, and it was like still over mm-hmm. her shoulder. Yep, She's yep. still chatting for like 15 minutes after it, still kicking about, you know, so weird one. Yeah, strange one, man. It's, it's uh, and this is why there's still so much controversy about it even now, again, over 20 years later. It's mm. crazy to think it was 20 years ago. Damn. I remember when it happened, you know, God damn. Yeah. I was so young. I wasn't even young, I was a teenager, but you know, you look back, you think, God damn, what a what a completely different world we lived in back then. 9-11 changed the world, you know, the impact of 9-11. It just it changed the dynamic of everything. And the consequences of what happened after 9-11 changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Well, look at what's happening over in Israel right now. You think that's gonna change the dynamic of the future world in some way? No, I don't think so. Well, not right away, not right now, anyway. I mean, 9-11 was different. It's just a, it was such a big uh, a big event. You know, it's the world's superpower being attacked in that way. Mm-hmm. And it was just put across TV all over the world live for us all to see it as well. Yep. It was crazy, man. Different mm-hmm. times. You know, that thing that runs across the bottom of the the news station, when you're watching the news station, they've got the banner, about, like what's on our street, it's the, the yeah, thing running line. across the bottom. Yeah, That never used Probably. to be on the news, but that's uh, it, they made it a thing after 9-11. It started then, and it's hmm. never gone away. Yeah. We, we don't have the crawl line during news anymore. All right, cool. No, that's, that must be a UK thing. <clears throat> yeah, or but... at least not a, not a local monkey thing. Yeah, maybe <laughs> they don't do it anymore, you know? I don't watch the news anymore. I don't, really, I don't trust any of the mainstream media, media <laughs> networks now. None of them. <laughs> do all for a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I seen a post earlier on the day where it was just like something that talks is uh, how I feel every time I listen to the mainstream media, and it's just the person's wrapped in tinfoil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the whole image. You know, and yeah. how did it get to that? How, how do we have such lack of trust for the media now? Well, I mean, it's kind of like that. Um, like Walt Lippmann, he wrote a book fucking like the beginning of the 20th century, it was like 1900 or something, 1910, mm-hmm. and he was like a um, I can't, I think he was a journalist, I think. But he wrote a book, Public Opinion. You're probably familiar with it. Um, and the the basis of it is him talking about the evolution of journalism and you know trying to get the event to the person and as quick a period of time as you can. And then he started noting about how technology was moving forward at that time as well. About how the fact that um, the, you know like advancements in printing and all that kind of thing showed uh, uh, caused a change in the, the shape of how media was being delivered. That's essentially been hyper accelerated in the past fucking century. And where we're mm. at now is this kind of like um, it's like a hyper reality circumstance where it's so fine tuned that it's like <clears throat> there's almost an irony. So it said the, the more and more people that were involved, that this is what he said at the beginning of the 20th century. It's like the more and more people that are involved from the event happening to to the to the information being consumed by the person, the society essentially. The more people that are involved, the less of an accurate representation you're going to get. And then mm-hmm. when you look at what well, it's almost came full full circle all the way around now, because now we're in a situation where you have one person behind one website who's copied and pasted for something else and channeling it over to somebody mm-hmm. else. You know, it's it's a really bizarre place. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that we're and in. You just so all repeat each other, don't they? Yeah. And like they go to this guy who's supposed to be a source, but where did he get his shit from? And, and where did that network get their news from? It's just all built on one pile of bullshit. Yeah, it's a really weird thing as well because it, we've, mm-hmm. we've we've went global, but we're now more local. Because all of our algorithms for each one of our fucking laptops, phones, fucking whatever, PlayStations, all the algorithms in each one of these are tailored to our own interests. 
So we're getting this more narrow, narrow perspective of what the mm -hmm. world is, just as a consequence of the technology. And that's kind of again bringing that that um, discussion really of like, is this malevolent? Is this a malevolent thing? Because it's because that's not because in the same breath, you can get that localized perspective. But if if individually you're dealing with a community of people that their localized perspective is based on something positive and contributing towards society, then it's positive. We can all channel into this fucking one. And you see that, you know, you, uh, mm -hmm. Anonymous did that at certain points. Um, you know, so it's, it's, I think there's a lot to be said for, for, I mean, this is all new, new technology, new, mm -hmm. you know, social fucking experience with it. So it's, it's, it really touches on what you said at the beginning of the conversation. I don't think we're really going to understand until, you know, the future, you know? Yeah. No, I noticed, exactly, you, I noticed exactly what he's saying though about the echo chamber thing though, is because before mm -hmm. I, I started joining social media and within the last 10 years, I felt like I was getting a lot more of what I would call a fair perspective, a balanced perspective mm -hmm. of everything. But nowadays, my newsfeed is all one-sided, it seems like. If I want to see the other side, I've actually got to search for it. I don't know. That's, it's, yeah, that's, that's when it's point. most important to go and search for it. Mm -hmm. Because I think they want it like that as well. I say they, you know, who we mean by they is, oh, yeah, you know, the they, them, yeah. you know, them. <laughs> the bad guys, it's, yeah, them. It, as long as we're in our different echo chambers, we will stay away from each other because you, you you notice nowadays you can't have discussions with people as much. You can you can with some people. People of our generation, it's kind of easier to. But the younger folk, if you have something that doesn't agree with that, they don't agree with. They just cut ties with you. They won't talk to you. They don't don't want to have any kind of conversation or debate about it to try and come up with you know who's right, who's wrong. Maybe we're both wrong. Maybe we're both right. Let's meet in the middle. None of that shit happens now. It's just like, uh, oh, you're a fascist. <laughs> you know? That's kind of scary. That, I mean, come on, no, no compromise, no learning from mm -hmm. one another. What does that yeah. say for the future? Yeah, it's bad. We need yeah. that dialogue, man. We definitely do. No, I totally agree. But it's interesting, though, it takes us back to that thing about the, you know, thousands of years ago, the Sumerian fucking piece of writing and they'll be talking about how the other generation's shit they're never going to manage. Mm -hmm. I think it's just one of the, I think that's what that cyclic thing is. I think, like yeah. the times change, I think everything stays the same except the fashion. And I think this the fashion is like the, like the wallpaper. You know, it's kind of like what mm -hmm. there's the, the social issues. You know, the interpersonal fucking back and forwards. I think they're integral to to the to the to the mechanics of the human society. And I don't. I think that's why it's always present. And inevitably, mm -hmm. as the mechanics move forward, that's where the technology changes, and that's where your change in fashion and fucking architecture and shit, yeah. you know, um, pops in. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we are just dealing with the same shit all the time. It does seem that way. You know, you watch these old TV shows. You're from the UK. Remember Bottom with Rick Mayo? Yeah, yeah. Remember that TV show? It's like the problems that those guys had in that TV show, which was back in the 80s. Exactly the same issues mm. that we have now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly. Really They're changed. talking about the same fucking like. I mean, even yeah, from yeah. that, like, 80s, it was like that was when the V, was it? Uh, was that the VHS that, or Betamax? That was when all that started fucking happening. You know, so that, yeah, was, the, yeah. that was the PS5 of the day, you know? Mm. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Damn, technology's changed so much, man. But it's a good thing as well, because, you know, technology, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It causes problems, but it, it prevents loads as well at the same time. It gives people the opportunity to express themselves and be creative in the way that we are with the podcast and the forum and the way that you are with, you know, your cartoons and your, the episodes, the movie. You know, 20 years ago, it would have been so difficult to be able to create this kind of content. Yeah, cool. Like, it's, it's interesting. Also, I watched this uh, animation thing, and um, I only actually figured out what technique I do as an uh, as an animator because it's like mm. 
I was just learning in a sense. I only found out when I watched this uh, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I watched this documentary and it was showing you the, the team of people that was necessary um, to to make a Walt Disney animation. And you had like a, mm-hmm. a group of people sitting around a fucking deer, drawing this thing and then they're putting it through this wee fucking like single pixel fucking press. I mean, we've all seen that shit and it's like the you know, single photo, single photo over and over and over. And I was thinking mm-hmm. about like how much that's advanced from that stage and that'd be like 1930, 40 kind of thing. And then I'm thinking what I'm doing and what's so mental about that is the only difference between that thing is all of those little incremental processes have been condensed down into the laptop. Like that's mm-hmm. what's happened, you know, and, and it's, that's just exclusively related to the techno, like technological and science advancement. It's nothing to do with animation. Animation had a positive consequence from it. And I think that's what's quite interesting about technology, because I was saying this the other day, that, um, that Amazon contributed massively to cannabis becoming more accessible in the UK, just exclusively mm-hmm. from providing fucking grow tents. Like that was yeah. a huge yeah. boost. You know, that was a massive mm-hmm. boost. All of a sudden, the standard of, of, of material that we were getting had to go up because you had like, like shit, Jimmy's shite at fucking growing. Go down to Steve. He's way better. That, you know, so people had to fucking eat up mm-hmm. my game, you know. Um, and that, that was like a that was like a consequence of something that was nothing relating to that. So it's just as you're mentioning, you know, there's positive social influences just from the way the t- technology is at that moment, you know. Mm-hmm. It's an exciting time to be alive, man. And this is it's another reason why I believe that we live in a simulation because it, this is the best time in history to be alive. Oh, there's so many important things are happening right now. It's it's incredible to witness it, you know. Good shit, man. Uh, who said who said that there about uh, much nut says try loading a computer game from a fucking cassette tape. I oh, did man. just a couple of weeks ago on my Commodore sixty four trying that's to play Ghostbusters. Say. Commodore sixty four. That's it. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Ghostbusters, and you have to turn it around at the right time, and all this shit. It's not as easy as just putting a disc in the fucking bit in, in the PlayStation. Yeah, but good times, man. He had Vic Twenty. Yeah, I, I love my old school computer games and shit. But That's would you move it? So where where can people go see this? Is it just on your website now? Can they still see it in theaters? What's the score? Uh, no, no more theaters. It was uh, it was a lot of effort to even do the one. Quite honestly, um. Uh, so yeah, the, the, it's just on the website now. It's just www.canamantv.co.uk. Um, you can get it on the website. If you, the best thing to do is to probably get because you can buy the movie individual um, for a tenner. But the best thing to do is to probably just go for the all access pass because it's a tenner. Watch all the shit and then you can cancel whenever you want. Um, you know. So, uh, but yeah, See. essentially that's all the stuff. All the animations and stuff are going over the website. The podcast will still be on the channel on YouTube. Um, but all the animations. What's the podcast? The is that something different, or is it just like the audio from the? The cartoon what's the podcast about no no i mean it's a it's a just a podcast essentially where i, I do the same thing essentially i've just uh interviewed people you know um doctors mm-hmm, scientists cool. you know activists that kind of stuff i think i've maybe got about 71 i think some of like that um nice. i can't remember who can't remember who the most recent one is i mean that, that's what i mean it's that's what's so amazing that he's got ethan russell on because i mean i'd messaged them but he was just kind of like, nah sorry it's not my thinking i was like, hey, worries, man so whatever it was i was projecting you know it wasn't for him <laughs> yeah. we we had a friend put us in contact because you know, the more contacts you get the more friends you have are in contact with people as well you know it, it, yeah it just builds over time yeah i have to go i have to go and take a look at your pokemon card collection man and see what you got yeah. Oh no, I appreciate that, man. I mean, the thing See is, what shinies no- you have, you know. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, you, no, nobody that you won't already have. I mean, I think maybe the only one that maybe that because he was he was tough to get. I, I'm, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that you. I bet you have is uh, that Professor Jim Mills. Have you had him one? No, don't know who he is, man. No. Right, so that's probably the only one I think of the entire collection that I would be like, yeah, that's that's a fucking shiny card, you know, that you've no had. Everybody mm-hmm. else, I guarantee they've been on, guaranteed. 
Um, mm. Tommy Chong, I know you've had him on a few times. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, managed to get him on as well. That was a fucking great conversation. Um, you know, but yeah, just uh, Ethan's the main one that I've no like managed to fucking capture yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I was early in that interview as well, man. It was fucking shit. Mm. But you know, that's the way it goes. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, I see. Fuck, man. But still, it was a good interview. Still. Yeah. No, it's good to even get, yeah, just, what, uh, it's interesting that, that's the journey though, man, that was you being tested, you had the opportunity to not show up and then you would have lost the opportunity, mm. you know, so that's yeah, that, yeah. that's that development, you know, that's that fucking, you, that, that's what makes veterans, man, let's be honest, that's what makes people that are mm-hmm. fucking like the goats and shit like that, these things that they've went through every form of circumstance, so therefore they're prepared, you know. Yeah. It's very, I mean, have we ever even missed the show? It's, we're very lucky. We've managed to keep uh, the schedule tight, man. What is your yeah, schedule? Yeah. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you've done that for how many years? Well, it's Sunday. Is we record the uh, the news and the grow guides, and uh, we do those we do live an interview. Yeah. We do an interview on a Tuesday and Thursday, yeah. and it just they then make up their episodes throughout the week. So Sunday show gets turned into Monday and Friday show, and then one of the interviews goes out on a Wednesday. So, yeah. mm-hmm. And one gets cool, to in case we don't have a, a booking or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's cool as fuck. He's a smashing it like that's like fucking brilliant. I mean, well, who was it that came like? How did you come up with this? Was this just these were both having a smoke and thought, hey, this would be a fucking good idea? We, we just smoked some cannabis and got some ideas from the ether, you know. <laughs> that's it. That's how it works, man. Came up with a plan. That was it. Yeah, it was like I think uh, high on homegrown sounds like a good name for a podcast. What do you all think? <laughs> like, yeah, cool. Like, cool. Let's do it. I'll make the logo, and then I would have made the logo and. Uh, and then it just began, really. Wrote out a structure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been an evolution over the years. But, you know, we, we got here and you know, finally think we have something that's solid for a while, at least, and, and keep on it until it changes. Yeah, well, that's that's not even at least when you say solid for at least, man. This is fucking established, man. You said, like, one of the biggest, if not the biggest fucking guys in the UK doing this. You know, the numbers you've got fucking coming in all across the different platforms. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that's yeah, interesting. I, I think so, man. I think... And I hate to sound like a fucking a big-headed dickhead because that's not. <laughs> but I, I think this is the biggest cannabis podcast in the UK. With just so. numbers alone, I mean, you got fucking what over a hundred thousand out on Spotify. No, <laughs> you got fucking six hundred and sixty-six thousand downloads. There we go, man. So that's, that's fucking hell. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Like that's no nobody else in the UK has got that going on, man. That's not mm-hmm. even close to the thing. But the reason I'm saying this is that it's that thing about to do with the movie, man. It's alchemy. So you're in a you're in a really interesting place, man. Because it's like that thing where it's like you're transforming yourself from the fucking poor quality metal into the gold. And inevitably, the poor quality metal is all of us at the beginning of the journey. You rewind back mm-hmm. less than ten years. I guarantee both of you would be in a position where you probably wouldn't be able to do what you're doing now just because you hadn't developed the characteristics necessary. It's taking time. It's taking that fucking place. So it's like you're walking towards the gold. It's like a really fascinating thing because all of us, everybody listening has this fucking unique, again, it's that unique fingerprint, but you have like a unique journey, a unique path right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And there might just be loads of fucking rubbish in the way. It might be tons of bushes and shit. That might be like shit relationships, whatever, rubbish jobs, clouding your fucking ability to see it. Um, but it's fascinating. And, and like, I think that's what's going on. There's a, there's a huge cultural social change going on just in based on all of us attempting to realize like, you know, what we can contribute. What's, what is it yeah. we're here to we just don't want to work ourselves definitely you got to find something that you enjoy doing for you man and and fucking do it because when you create good content or you if you're just doing something that you enjoy you will create something that other people will enjoy you know you enjoy it and then enjoy it and that's how it works when it it spreads the love in a way you know what i mean 
Yeah, it goes back to that art thing. It's because you can feel it. You can feel the emotion mm -hmm. that was put into it. It's like almost like a like a transference of information or something like that. The person, the artist's feeling a certain way when they're doing the thing. It then gets projected in some weird metaphysical way in some form onto the artwork, and then the person watching it receives it. You know, it's just like it's exactly like that. It's you know, AI doesn't have that. It doesn't have that emotion instigator. It's just this. Doesn't cold have it yet. Doesn't yeah, have yeah. It yet. That's a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> Five years time, ten years time, it's going to be a completely different ball game. Yeah, we'll see. You know, tomorrow will tell. We might see. We might see. <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> might we'll not see tell. <laughs> Apophis is coming in twenty twenty six. Everybody, yeah. don't forget. There's some asteroid that's going to be passing pretty pretty close. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty six. Is it? Uh, heard about it a long time ago when I was a kid, and I thought, oh wow, twenty twenty six. I wonder if I'll still be around then. And we're just a few years away. So maybe I'll make it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We'll see. There's loads of folk listening that will be like, oh, we can't get hit by an asteroid. Grand Theft Auto 6 is coming out. You know, how fucking fucked up would that be? <laughs> if we get hit by the asteroid, we won't get to Damn. play the game. And that's fucked up. Grand Theft Auto 6, man. It's going to be crazy. Man. I remember playing Grand Theft Auto 2 way back in the day on my PlayStation 1. Yeah. That was crazy. It's like a bird's eye view. That that yeah, right. yeah. That's remember, right. remember, and you go to the phone and, <laughs> uh, and you have right. a job to go and do. Shit, it was good, man. I like that game. Yeah, no, see technology it. just it's keeps progressing, man. And we're just yeah. gonna keep getting cooler and cooler things. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> that's the best way to think about it. That's the best way to think about it. We're just getting cool things. That's all that's happening. That's right, man. Technology is fucking awesome, but you can't forget the old school shit as well. You know, I do like my old school tech. My old school yeah, games consoles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back in my day. Yeah. You know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Well, yeah, man. We should let you go then, Connor, because we've been here for an hour and a half. I'm sure you got other things you should be doing other than chatting about AI with us. <laughs> no, I appreciate <laughs> you know that. I mean? been brilliant. Really enjoyed it, lads. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for coming along. And your website link is in the chat right now, which is canamantv.co.uk. And you'll be awesome. able to find the Canaman movie there and, and all the episodes and stuff, man. Is there going to be a part two, number two for the movie? Yeah, well, I'm going to, the storyboard's um, already been made, essentially. Nice. Um, so that's going to be Christmas 2024. And that's just going to be the Donnie movie. So it's essentially the other main character, essentially. Cool, man. Cool. Check it out then, everybody. And yeah, thanks for joining us then, Connor. We'll let you go. You just have to press the exit. Yeah, let us know when you got uh, the movie coming out if you and shit like that. You're always welcome to come back and chat with us about that shit, man. Brian, lads, honestly, I really appreciate this. Thanks very much. All right. Well, thank thanks. you, man. Thank you. Yeah, bye -bye. Hey, man. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. And there we go, everybody. That was this week's interview. If you want to know more about Connor and his content, just do a Google search for Canaman TV and you will find him on all of the social networks. And you will also find his website where you can go and watch the movie and the episodes for his TV show as well. But as you know, we spoke about conspiracies in this episode and we are also going to do a conspiracy special coming up in the next couple of weeks on the 19th of December. So that's just six days away when this is released. We will have myself and Monkey in on the interview, but we will also have three special guests. We have Brian from The Brian and Marco Show. Connor will be coming back. And we also have the host from Stuff They Don't Want You To Know, Ben Bolin, returning to the show specifically for this special 
conspiracy theory episode so if you're into conspiracy theories and you enjoy part of the conversation here then make sure you join us live on our youtube channel youtube.com slash high on homegrown on the 19th of december that's tuesday the 19th of december at 9 p.m gmt that's 4 p.m eastern and 1 p.m pacific we'll see you there and we'll talk about loads of crazy stuff but for now i hope you enjoyed this interview thanks as always for being here we appreciate you guys massively have a good week Stay high, stay safe, and we'll see you on the next one. Goodbye.